News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning. Bob Sekoler, Louisville Real Estate Show here with you for the next 30 minutes. Hope it's a good Sunday morning for you. Here in the studio, we have got some great folks, as we normally do. Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices at 499-6360. Good morning there, Chuck. Good morning, Bob. Good to see you. Also here, Brian Likens with Swan Financial, I guess, Randy's got another day off or something. Is that, that could it? be the case. Good morning, Bob. Well, we can't get him up on a Sunday. I guess he's he's a busy guy. He really is. <laughs> well, take your phone calls anytime, day or night. You can reach me on my cell phone uh, to help buy or sell homes. Three seven six five four eight three is my direct number. And you can also leave a recording for us uh, as a call by calling two five two one eight nine zero. That's two five two. One eight nine zero, or go to asklouisville.com. By the way, in case you don't know, our shows are actually recorded for video and will appear on our YouTube channel. And if you'd like to see what those look like, the show in person and video, and you'll be able to see how gorgeous our Chuck Crosby and Brian Likens are, not me, you can go to louisvilleanswers.com. That's louisvilleanswers.com. To the phones we go. Good morning, Bob Sekuller, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHS. Hello. Hi, Bob. This is Dale. We yeah. talked earlier. Yeah. I'm selling my house, and I've got a pool table that I plan to take with me, and it has a rack for storing pool cues mounted to the wall. I'd like to take the rack with me. Is that permissible, or because it's mounted to the wall, is it considered part of the property? All right. That's coming off our Skype line. So, Chuck, just out of curiosity... The ordinance, whether basically the contract says anything attached to the yeah, wall. It does stay. say that. Yeah. yeah. So I just ask, say, hey, uh, you mind if I take this? And I can't imagine a person who wasn't going to have a pool table there would say no. But, uh, but uh, And they may be thinking they're going to put a pool table in. And they might. You don't know. They might. But yeah. I will tell you from having purchased one of the said racks here recently, yeah. they aren't that expensive. Ah, very good. And what about the pool cues that are laying on the rack? I think he's fine to take those. <laughs> he is fine to take those. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So those, the no problem. You know, the other thing that you can do is ask your real estate agent, uh, folks, if you're selling the home or buying the home, if you're selling it, you ask the agent to put an exclusion in, either in the listing and also make sure it's uh, excluded in the contract when you get it, that the pool rack goes with the seller. Makes it easy, right? Up front. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Coming up in just a few minutes, by the way, 10 ways you're killing your curb appeal when you're selling your home, okay, this is interesting information. Also, this past week we had an interesting scenario, problem happen. Uh, we're selling one of our clients' homes. He has got an electric, he's got a battery-backed-up smoke detector. It's electric with a battery backup tied to a, a home security system. We get word, and uh, I'm not quite sure how much I can put this at the feet of KHC, which is the Kentucky Housing Commission, but the buyer's agent calls and says, oh, you've got to have a 10-year non-removable lithium smoke detector, which is the ordinance in Jefferson County. But it also says, Chuck, what? It also says it can either be a hardwired uh, unit. Uh, so as long as it's hardwired or a non-removable 10-year lithium battery, it's fine. So it's possible, though. And as long as it's mounted in the proper place. In the proper place. be a hallway adjacent to any bedroom. Or bedrooms if or they're bedrooms, clustered. Right. right. Yep. Like if you have bedrooms downstairs and upstairs, you're going to need two of them. Yeah. But most places are either hardwired, and if they aren't, then you need the uh, 
10-year uh, non-removable lithium battery. And incidentally, this is only an ordinance that's in Jefferson County as of right now. Right. I think it's a great ordinance. And the premise behind this was, and I think other counties should think about adopting it, is that when uh, homeowners own their home, you know how they owe those 9-volt batteries would start chirping and beeping and yeah. chirping and stuff? Yeah. You pull them out because you don't want to be bothered, but then the smoke detector is virtually useless. Mm-hmm. But if the door closes, if you shut the door, some of the newer ones in past years don't allow you to shut the door if the battery's not in it, which is a safety precaution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the other ones, if you take the battery out, you don't know that there's not working. So homeowners, new buyers of the home would move in thinking, oh, there's a smoke detector, mm-hmm. no problem, thinking it's working. It wasn't working because there was no 9-volt battery in it. Well, there you go. So now they changed it to this 10-year deal. This is going back to almost uh, 18 years ago. It's 1999. 99, okay. So there you go, 19 years ago. So they changed it, which is a really smart move because these 10-year, they chirp, and then you have to throw them out after 10 years. And they're a little more expensive. They're about 30 bucks if you go to one of the yeah. big box stores. You can get them online, too. But I think it's a great idea. But the bottom line is, KHC, um, we're, we'll let you know what happens down the road on this thing. But I got a feeling either someone at KHC is making up rules, which I can't believe they would do well, that. It's, it's not so much that. I mean, a lot of times you'll get people who have a thought and they'll oh, get oh, a promotion. Right. Yeah, and yeah. then that thought you it know, becomes their it law. It becomes a policy. Yeah, in their head. Yeah. But you got to go by what is written in, right. in law. My experience yeah. is generally, except yeah. for about three or four different issues, which banks, anyhow, I'm not even going to go there. Mm-hmm. But uh, generally, they're amenable to, if you show them, you know, chapter and verse, uh, they'll back off a bit. Yep. They just want to have a piece of paper to cover themselves. Sure. And we're more than happy to help them to apply to get that to them. If you'd like to read about our Zillow reviews, which I think are pretty good, you go to louisvillezillow.com. LouisvilleZillow.com. Back to the phones we go. Good morning, Bob Sekoler, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840, WHAS. Hello. Hi, Bob. Yeah, this hi. This is Lauren. Yeah. What happens to my earnest money deposit if we agree on repairs, but I find a house I like better? Can I get out of the contract and get my money back? You know, I, I know that doesn't sound so good, yeah. but I really like this other house. We've heard this before that there, sometimes you're out there and all of a sudden you're. <laughs> You find something better than what you've already got an offer on. And right now, the homes are still in short supply, but uh, we, we are desperately needing to sell homes when every time we get them, we sell them, which is what we're hoping to do. But So let's ask Brian. Earnest Money, got a clue on this one? Yeah, yeah. Typically, um, you know, I think it's a matter of being able to back out there in the contract during certain type of inspection periods. Mm-hmm. That would kind of be your loophole. Mm-hmm. But typically, if you just decide to change your mind, in my opinion, I think it's gone. Yeah. In fact, you're you're signed a legal contract, correct? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, if you've gotten past the point where the sellers have agreed to do all your repairs and you've accepted that, uh, chances are you, you're completely out of luck. Yes, but... If you haven't, yeah. if you've gotten to the right. point where you're if negotiating there, If you have a legitimate uh, reason. Even if you don't. Well, if there's a legitimate out, uh, and that it, legitimate yeah. out can be uh, based on something or nothing, depending on what stage of the game you're in. Mm-hmm. But if there is a legal reason to get out of the contract, well, then you have a legal right to get that back. And the converse is also true. That's perfect. Yeah. But here's the thing. Once you get past that inspection period and you're signed mm-hmm. off... There have been occasions where the buyer has asked a loan officer to write a letter. You know where I'm going with this, oh, Brian. Yes. Oh, yes. Asked a letter, asked him to write a letter 
So saying that they're no longer qualified to purchase a home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to manufacture oh, yeah. the magically uh, denied. Deni- yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. The problem is that with any, as with any contract, basic contract law, it presumes that you're acting in good faith and that's not good faith. Right. Not at all. Yeah. Right. But it does happen, folks. Oh, it does absolutely. Happen. Yeah. If so. I only had a dime for every time somebody calls me up and asks me to commit a felony on their behalf. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> He'd be a rich man. But you could be in jail, but hey, okay. You know. Yep. Do thank you very much, by the way. And good luck, Lauren, on that. Back to the phones. Good morning, Bob Sicoler, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio eight forty WHS. Good morning. Hello, Bob. This is Carl. Yeah, I was Carl. just wondering if you came out and met with me about my home today, how long would it take for us to actually put it on the market? Oh, that's pretty simple. We have a pretty good uh, turnaround policy, depending upon what your time frame is. Uh, this, I think, happens with a lot of agents. And maybe a lot of agents are a little slower. I don't know. But we can very quickly, we can get you ready to list, listing papers. I always carry the listing papers with me no matter what. And then that day, get pictures uh, of the house. So, uh, And then get you on the market either that night, night, next night, whatever works for you to get going. So. For us, it's not so much a question of uh, do we can get out there. It's more of are you ready? And, be, and there's some things you want to do. So give you an idea. And, and this really goes for everybody, Carl. Um, painting that's subjective, are your paint colors neutral or are they bright? I would tell you to neutralize them if they're bright. Um, and we've got crews that we can help you with that uh, do a great job and inexpensive to help paint the house. But things like declutter and then less is more. So here, and here's what I tell our sellers, and I think this goes for uh, everybody. It's one way when you live at a house, it's one thing to have all the stuff that you need on a regular basis put out so that you can use it. But when you're selling a home, buyers don't want to see your stuff and they want to be able to picture their stuff. And unfortunately, a buyer can't get over what they see if it's a lot of stuff. So what we would tell you is, for example, and let's take the um, countertops in a kitchen. And I happen to be a Dave Ramsey ELP, which is their expressed uh, provider. So we are trained, and, and I agree with what Dave says, uh, that there should be two items on a countertop at most. And you can double that or triple that if you have different sections of countertops. But you want to minimize to just a couple of key essential things. And here's the philosophy behind it. If a buyer walks in and they see multiple things on countertops, whether it's kitchen, bathroom, um, your closets, well, in this case, I'm talking about dressers and things like that in your bedroom, and they see a lot of stuff on there, the first thing they're going to say is not enough space, not enough closet space, not enough storage space, not enough cupboard space. So that may be true with your house, but you don't want to be broadcasting that and make them look at that the first thing they see. So that's why we say declutter, declutter, declutter. That's probably the best thing to do. And then, again, Carl, feel free to call me or one of the many other thousands of Real estate agents, I'd love to help you. Three seven six five four eight three. Back to the phones. Good morning, Bob Sikoler, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio eight forty WHAS. Good morning. Hi, Bob. My name is Joyce. Yeah. And we purchased some property earlier in the year, and we just found out that they're planning on putting a natural gas pipeline through my yard. Mm. It was not on the disclosures. However, we did find out from all the neighbors that the owner of the property knew about this for over a year. What type of recourse do we have on this? Chuck, we turn to you for the legal explanation of what can be done. Well, in the normal case, if uh, they knew about it, and you can show they knew about it, um, there's all manner of things. Uh, The idea is if if it's going to be a charge, something that uh, is coming up, 
that they should have shared in. Well, you can go back for that sort of thing. Having knowledge that a utility is coming in, though, uh, how invasive is it? Is it any charge to you to have it put in? Uh, I, there, there has to actually be damages where I'm going with that. All right. Well, uh, two things I hear right mm-hmm. away. So the first thing is proving that the seller knew about it yeah. prior to. Right. I, that in I, itself is a problem. Well, I had a had an issue this week where uh, there was an assessment made at a condo, and uh, uh, they automatically assumed that the seller knew about it. But in talking to the condo association, this is something that they came up with like a week or two after the sale. Oh. So it can be a situation where it looks like they might know about it, but in fact they didn't and therefore couldn't have disclosed it. Mm-hmm. Now, I've seen situations where the uh, the uh, utility coming through is so egregious, like right through your front door set basically, mm-hmm. that sales have been set aside. Uh, if, uh, if it was some kind of improvement that uh, they had use of or that uh, that they were charged money or that there was a set sum that was out there, well, then you've got real damages. When you said sales set aside, does that mean the person who bought the home can get their money back? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, I got their money back and the property went back. But that's kind of egregious. Uh, the case that I'm thinking of there is uh, it was a utility, a huge mm. huge sewer pipe going through the front yard right right up against the house. All right. So let me ask you the other part of this. Mm-hmm. is You so, talked about damages. Well, are there really yeah. any damages? Yeah. But what if having that pipeline going through their yard now mm-hmm. devalues the house that they purchased because – a new buyer may not want having a house. Hypothetically. And, that, and Lake Forest has a lot yeah. of examples of that. Hypothetically, if it does lower the value, well, then there's something like that that you can, you can talk about, some real damage. You can't just go through and say, oh, well, you didn't tell me this, and, and so you're stuck. I've just won the lottery. If it's a benign, uh, normal uh, utility, uh, the fact of the matter is, though, they probably, if there's a utility coming through, there's probably already been an easement granted, mm-hmm. uh, which would suggest that uh, there may not be any real damages involved. <coughs> okay. I think we've beat this one to death. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, right. you yeah, know, there's not much more you can do. I'm, I'm looking out the window now, and right alongside the road, I guarantee there's all kinds of, of easements. Oh, yes, but this is an but, industrial building yeah, yeah, as yeah, opposed yeah. to But, a, uh, yeah. you know, you run through uh, cable, you run through pipes, you run through a tele- a telephone wires yep. or whatever. Yeah, I'm going to, you know. Yeah. So. All right, we're going to take a break. More of your phone calls coming up in just a moment in the studios with us. We've got Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices, at 499-6360. And Brian Likens, Swan Financial, loan officer, does a great job over there. And we can, you can reach Brian. I guess we can give out your cell phone number. You don't mind yes, that, sir, do you? Absolutely. Okay, just yeah. want to make sure. It's 773-4834. Again, 773-4834. And, of course, you can reach me anytime. Uh, Bob Sikilder at 376-5483. Coming up, when we come back, 10 ways you're killing your curb appeal when selling a home and... For all real estate agents, we have some insider information for you. You'll really want to hear. Back in a moment on News Radio 84 WHAS. I'm Chuck Crosby, a real estate attorney here in Louisville with Crosby Law Offices. I've been practicing real estate law, fixing problems, and helping people for over 22 years. So if you're a buyer looking for advice, information, or professional closing services, call me. If you're a property owner, real estate professional, you have a problem, you just can't fix it, call me. If you're a landlord and you're having problems with your tenants, call me. Again, I'm Chuck Crosby with Crosby Law Offices. You can reach me at 499-6360. 499-6360. 6360. This has been a paid advertisement. 
need a home loan or refinancing, you need to talk to Randy Rocky at Swan Financial. Why have they become so popular? Because of our programs, our service, and our competitive rates. And now listen to this new program from Swan Financial. Yes, we have a 1% down program that also you will get 2% grant money from the investor. Call Randy Rocky today at 866-766-1920. Swan Financial, NMLS 2473 and 26362. Equal housing opportunity. Call for additional cost information. Other restrictions may apply. Shopping for a home? The place to start is REMAX Properties East. Experienced, caring, top-producing agents who service all of Louisville and surrounding areas. On your computer or on your smartphone, head to homesinlouisville.com and sign into one of the most advanced home search sites in the country. That's homesinlouisville.com. Residential or commercial real estate, let the award-winning agents at REMAX Properties East help. Take the first step in your house hunting journey. Visit homesinlouisville.com or call 425-6000 today. Whether investing in the best entrepreneurs on Shark Tank or hiring the best real estate agents at the Corcoran Group, doing my homework on them ahead of time was critical. So which agent do I recommend in your area? In Louisville, I would call Bob Sokoler. Bob outsells every agent in Louisville year after year and attracts thousands of buyers every month. That's why he can guarantee to sell your home at a price and a deadline you agreed to or Bob will buy it. Go to WeSellLouisville.com and get top dollar for your home. Thank you, Bob Corcoran. Uh, Bob Sekula, Louisville Real Estate Show, back with you. You can reach me anytime, 376-5483. We sell a lot of homes. We sold about 419 homes last year. We're on track to do that or more this year. Here in the studios with us, Brian Likens from Swan Financial. And you can reach Brian, who's in, by the way, for Randy Rocky, who somewhere we don't know today is a good day to have off. You can reach uh, Brian at 773-4834 and also... Chuck Crosby here in the studios, always the voice of authority at Crosby <laughs> Law Offices at 496, I'm sorry, 499-6360. The mellifluous tones uh, of mature wisdom. You know, I still laugh at a comment you made uh, last week, uh, the radiator, radiator nachos. Radiator nachos. I yeah. thought everybody knew about radiator oh, I, nachos. I'm telling you, we were laughing. Sandy and I were just laughing hysterically when <laughs> we heard that come out of your mouth. Uh, and 10 ways. You're killing your curb appeal. And you may not even know, especially if you're, you know, you're thinking about selling your home. Well, listen to this. Overgrown lawns instantly mar any landscape, but pulling weeds is a tedious job that never feels finished. Instead of constantly toiling over an unruly yard, focus on maintaining edges alongside driveways and walkways. Keep the lawn short, and that will kill the weeds for the most part. You're not going to be able to get rid of them all, but it helps. Decorative lawn ornaments bring a personal touch to any yard. We understand that until they start deteriorating from wind and rain and other weather elements. Clear away any unkept, unwanted items for a tidier landscape. Your house should look equally impressive during the day and night. Avoid exterior lighting that's too dim or too bright. I had some lights put in our new house. Mm-hmm. So I've got under the the uh, overhang lights and I've got uh, up lights that are lighting up. And then I put the it lights up the trees and all. Mm-hmm. And then I put these lights in as they were building that shine down, and they're really bright. And Sandy looks at these. She goes, oh, I hate them. I hate them. The color is a little too white to begin with. And she's, I hate so I put a dimmer on them. So I, it dims down when we, I want to turn them on, but she doesn't really like to turn those on at all. So be, be con- conscious of what your wife wants. 
I guess I should have asked her first. There's no getting around all garage doors suffer wear and tear. Thankfully, painting your garage door, if it's paintable, is an easy weekend project that can instantly improve your facade. Most homeowners don't think twice about their outdoor garbage cans. Do you guys? Well, Chuck, you're in a condo. You have yeah. to worry about your garbage cans? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So you have to be careful. You have a specific place where to put them out of sight? Yeah, yeah, in the garage. Uh, oh, okay. Ours is more of a patio home. Pa- I mean, right. Technically, okay. it's a condo because right. it's either condo yeah. or it's not. But, uh, yeah, we just put it out, out front. Along with a recycling bin? Do you yep. have a bin or a little... We have a bin. Bin. Not thrilled with a bin, but, uh, yeah. you know... You could always get another recycling... Yeah, I imagine so. But then you need more room in the garage. And, Brian, how about you? You've got garbage? Oh, yeah, yeah. I live in Lake bin. Forest, and yeah. we've got to keep them right in the garage and get them out there and get them back in quickly. Well... Consider this about putting them in a specific area, especially if you're thinking to sell, and specifically if your neighbors are thinking about selling. In a couple of shows down the road, we've got a story about um, how your neighbors can hurt you selling your home. It's interesting. That's a couple of weeks away. Anyway, so adding like a small fence, if you're allowed to, around the garbage area helps keep it out of sight, and that's important. Also, dirty windows affect how your neighbors see your home. Also, how your neighbors are being seen by you, deep, clean windows twice a year to ensure they're always clear and sparkling helps. I've got a really good buddy whose neighbor has rotting windows, and they're painted gray, and they put gray duct tape oh. on the rotting wood. At least they care to use the same color. Same color, yes, indeed. <laughs> okay. Dirty windows how uh, affect how your neighbors look at you, so be just keep an eye out and clean them. Vegetation is a key important about curb appeal, health of your trees. Keep those looking good. You may want to have them looked at by a professional to make sure that they're in good condition. Many homeowners love sharing the yard with robins and blue jays and other birds, but bird baths with standing water breed mosquitoes. And seeded, the feeders are usually accompanied by scattering of bird droppings. All that contributes to some negative stuff, so you don't want to deal with that. And, of course, rain gutters must withstand severe wind and accumulated gunk so they typically droop, bend, or loosen over time. And just be careful because those neglected gutters not only can do more damage to your home, but they also don't look very well, especially if you or your neighbors are selling your home. So those are some of the 10 ways you're killing your curb appeal. So this is a real eye-opener for all area real estate agents. Have you ever wondered why people choose one realtor or another? I mean, it could be said the same thing with one loan officer over another or chuck one closing attorney over another. Is it something you said or you didn't say when you were being interviewed by the prospective sellers? Was it the clothes you were wearing or maybe your hairstyle? And the reason I ask this is because I constantly ask myself, how can I do a better job? Well, last week, after being told I had been chosen over other agents to list an amazing home, I asked the seller, Amber, why she picked me. We interviewed six realtors. Six. And so I was one of those six. You ended up going with us. What was the reason that you ended up choosing me and and my team? Ultimately, we looked at the reviews online. They were great reviews online. And we thought there was a well-oiled machine going on where you could focus on the marketing and the listing. And then your staff and other people in your office were handling the administrative things. So we just thought it was a really good process going. We have. There are a lot of good agents in Louisville. And I always wonder why someone picks us versus picking another agent. Was there anything that the other agents did wrong or that I did right that would help not only me but other agents who are listening to help get their next listing? Well, out of the six that we interviewed, four were definitely out of contention. Because why? 
We didn't feel like they were aggressive enough in their marketing or they were just reading off of a paper. You know, it wasn't, there wasn't really any passion behind it, I guess. And with the top two that we had, there seemed to be um, just a more aggressive approach in marketing. It was really more of a go-getter versus somebody who's just going to let the stuff come to them. And we wanted a go-getter. And then of the two, myself and this other agent, what made you come to me then at the, as, as the final decision? We were concerned that maybe with having so many listings that, that communication was going to be a problem or answering questions or, you know, things, properties were going to get confused. But at the end of the day, it's obviously not a problem because you list a lot of houses, you sell a lot of houses. So there's obviously no issues there that we were concerned about. So we just felt comfortable with that. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting and it kind of helped me to understand what uh, a seller is thinking and looking for, and hopefully it helps other agents as well. And so just an update on uh, Amber's house, Amber and Scott. Um, when we were told about this Friday morning, we went out and uh, listed the house. That day we got paperwork. We shot pictures Friday afternoon. The house went on the market uh, this past Saturday, not not yesterday, but the day but week before. We had a number of um, full-price offers come in. And uh, by Sunday and last Monday morning, we had a cash offer, 8,000 over list with a backup offer, 7,000 over list. So uh, it was it was amazing. And um, we thank Amber for picking us back to the phones. We go. Good morning, Bob Sekolder, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHAS. Hello. Hi, Bob. This is Sally. Hi. The house I wanted to buy had multiple offers, so we upped our offer. But my loan officer was unavailable to send an updated pre-approval letter and I lost the house. Are all mortgage companies like that? No, I can tell you they're not. Um, and the folks that we work with, which I think is uh, really important, they know to answer their phones. And, Brian, you're right in there with us. And, Randy, and what's, yeah, what's your policy over there? Oh, I yeah, guess. absolutely. I mean, if, if I'm unavailable, which typically, I mean, I keep my phone on me 24 hours and, and I answer my phone at 11 o'clock you'd be, at night, you'd be surprised at uh, when a lot of people are available. But, you know, I'm kind of surprised that happened. I mean, typically, I think the communication with the agent would be, hey, we'll make sure to get that pre-approval letter over there quickly. Um, but we've always got backup methods usually in place. Yeah. You can reach one of our assistants or you can actually call into the office. I'm kind of just surprised that happened. It's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. I don't know who she was working with, but I got to tell you, so a couple of things. The national companies, I'm not so thrilled about them. Um, I think... First of all, they're not face-to-face. They're, they do a lot, and they don't do their due diligence up front to check the background of the buyer That's to be true. able to give them a good updated pre-approval. And in this market, folks, homes are selling so quickly. As In fact, I could just told you with Amber about how that happened with it going on the market Saturday night and then Sunday having multiple offers. The offer that we got, we, we wanted, we needed a pre-approval letter or, in this case, a, a letter of funds that were available. And so you've got to work with a team of people who you can trust that are there available. Like, for example, if I call Chuck, either I text or call him, he's there. And and any of our attorneys or agents, people that we work with. So in this market, if you're looking to buy or sell a home, it is so important that you do some research and make sure by calling the people even before you use them, see if they answer their phone and see how quickly they get back to you in in a timely manner. I think it's so important. And it's one of the missing the missing kind of things that we as service providers need to be able to understand, you know, this, sure, we have a life, but at the same time, I love the agents who answer their phone. I don't answer my phone on Saturday and Sunday to be with my family. That's perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. But as a buyer or a seller, 
that's not the type of person I would want working for me. Yeah, I if you have a loan officer that's not giving you his direct cell phone number, that I can see that being a problem. Yeah, it, it's a it's a real problem, and I, I wish you the best on this, Amber um, or Sally. I, I'm just not sure how to fix it, other than telling you to call to uh, Brian and Randy over at Swan Financial. Uh, just an update. Want to see the future of photography? Head to Louisville3D.com. To sell a home now, you need more than just ordinary pictures. It's so important. And we take home photography to a whole new level. You can see yourself at Louisville3D.com. And we've got new technology coming to even that. Our thanks to Brian Lycan, Swine Financial. You can reach him anytime at 733-4834. Also, my good buddy Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices at 499 63 Six zero, gentlemen. Thanks for coming in on a Sunday morning. Thank you, Bob. good to see you. Appreciate Thanks. that, see you as always. And you can reach me day or night, uh, unless I'm on the air, and that's you know just a half hour a week. Three seven six five four eight three is my number. Have a great Sunday. We will see you here right back on News Radio eight forty, WHAS.